This is the Alan Carter Radio Program. I am Mark Carcassel filling in for Alan this week. Let's talk about the NDP Liberal Pact that was announced last week. It is a uh, promise, essentially, to collaborate, to work together in government moves and shakes to uh, essentially prop up the federal government, which is a minority government run by the liberals, uh, until their term is up and we have another election. That means the NDP will support the liberals in various confidence matters. It's called a confidence and supply deal. Of course, there's got to be something in it for that propping force, that propping party, the NDP. And a big part of that is, of course, a national dentacare, uh, dental care rather, and a pharmacare plan. Those are the two big promises made to the liberals, to the NDP, uh, in return for their help. There are a lot of people who seem to think this is a good idea, and just as many people as I'm sure we've had in, uh, in various conversations with family over the course of this past weekend who feel that this is a bad idea, uh, that this is not the government that they voted for. These are not the things that they voted for. So, we decided we'd bring on federal NDP leader Jugmeet Singh to join us today to discuss the finer points of that plan, where he sing, sees things going, what he sees as a success, and what he would see as something that would bring this down. Jugmeet, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Pleasure to be here. Happy to happy to be on the show. All right, Jugmeet. So obviously, we wanted to talk to you today about the deal between the the federal liberals and the NDP. It's a deal unlike anything really that's been seen in Ottawa up to this point. A groundbreaking deal. Uh, and I know you've answered a million questions about it over the last week or so, uh, but people are fairly interested in this and interested in what it means for federal politics in this country over the next handful of years, and uh, specifically what it means for a couple of the parties who they've chosen to support over the, the course of, uh, of you know this session of, of parliament. So there have been some people who, um, you know, from whatever party they supported in Ottawa have said this is not necessarily what I voted for. I didn't go into voting in the last election uh, thinking that this would be what, what would come out of it in the end. What would you say to NDP supporters who are looking at this and saying, I voted NDP. I voted for you to uh, support you know, my family and what I believe in and, and fight for what I believe is right, not necessarily to prop up a minority government. I would say to folks that we were up against two years, which have been really tough. And those tough two years included a global pandemic, the rising cost of living, making everyone's life harder, and a war that makes us all feel less safe. Given all of that, people have said to me, we need help, and we sent you to Ottawa to work together. People chose a minority government, and inherently that means they needed us to work together. So we used our power to get help to people now. We know that people needed that support, and we got them dental care, pharma care, action on fighting the, the housing crisis and the climate crisis. So real steps to make life affordable, life better for people. And we remain an independent opposition party. We can vote against the government. We're going to continue to hold them to account. And we've used our power to actually get real meaningful things that are going to make people's lives better. So for folks out there wondering, we're still independent. We're still an opposition party. This is not a coalition. We're still going to vote against the government. We're still going to hold them to account. And we're going to get you things that are going to make your life better. Kids under 12 are going to get dental care starting this year. Isn't it funny? I mean, you've been in politics a long time now at multiple levels. It seems to me, having been a reporter for almost two decades, there's always a difference in how people view politics and politicians. When things aren't going well and there's a lot of mudslinging going on, it's, I wish they would just work together uh, for the good of the country. <laughs> When you do work together, it's I wish they would fight a little more. Are you are you feeling are you seeing some of that lately? 
Uh, you know, I think that there might be some of that, but I think that's mostly people that are very partisan. Regular folks, I think, really, truly want to see politicians work together all the time. Like that's, they want to see stuff happen for them. People make their choice in the election and ultimately they they make their choice based on who's going to make life better for me and my family. That's really, I think, what people worry about and think about when they make their choice. And I can say to those folks, we are going to make your life better. Without a doubt, this agreement where we've used our power is going to deliver meaningful help for lots of Canadians. Right now, one in three Canadians have no coverage when it comes to dental care. And many have not gotten their teeth looked after while the cost of living is so high because they can't pay all their bills. To know that you can get your teeth looked after for seniors and for people living with disabilities and people under kids under 18, starting next year, they'll be able to get their teeth looked after. This is going to help a lot of people. It's going to save a lot of families lots of money, and it's going to keep a lot of people healthy. So this is uh, exactly what I got into politics to do. Uh, you mentioned earlier, this is groundbreaking. This is this is probably the biggest expansion in our healthcare, our public healthcare system in a generation. And I'm proud to have been able to achieve that for people. On that note, you've already been sort of warned by the Premier of Quebec, uh, Francois Legault, who feels that he could probably have some support on this from other premiers too, who are saying you're dealing with healthcare, that's provincial jurisdiction, you're sticking your noses into our business. And if you do that, there's going to be a fight. What do you say to that? I say it's going to be pretty tough for a conservative premier to go to the people of their province and say, uh, I'm against dental care. I don't want you to get your teeth looked after. Like, I think it's going to be pretty hard to convince people that that makes any sense when we know that there's up to 10 million Canadians that can be benefited by this plan, that they could get their teeth looked after. And uh, we're, we're going to try to make the case. We're going to work with provinces and territories to make the case that this is good for folks. And the plan is a federal program, just like employment insurance. It's a federal program to give people coverage who don't have it already. So it's something that will provide support it will be meaningful. It will help a lot of people out. And I think it'll be tough for a premier to say, oh, we're against dental care. And I'd like to see them trying to make that argument to people who have no coverage and can't get their teeth looked after. Do you think that'll be that hard of an argument for them, though? I mean, when you talk to people about their tax dollars, many people already feel as though Ottawa uh, spends too many of them on too many things that they don't approve of. Those who have dental care through work benefits or whatever the case may be, do, do you think they'll really say in a majority that, yes, this is this is a good thing. I'm willing for my tax dollars, possibly more of them to go toward that. If you think about it, kids under 12 who don't have coverage right now, that's the first step right now. I can't see someone who has compassion, who is thoughtful and is worried about the people around them thinking that, no, a kid under 12 shouldn't get their teeth looked after, that that doesn't have coverage right now. And and that's there's one in three Canadians who have no coverage at all. So that's that's still a significant portion. It's like out of our almost 40 million population, we're talking almost 10 million people. So there's a lot of people and a lot of kids that are going to be able to go to the dentist and, and keep their, their, their dental health, their oral hygiene, uh, and that's going to impact their life in, a, in the long term. It's going to save money. For the healthcare system, we know lots of stories of people that go into emergency rooms who don't have dental care and are in pain because of their teeth and there's nothing that can be done. They get prescribed pain medication because there's no coverage for their teeth. This is going to mean that a lot of people are, are better off, healthier, and we're phasing it in, in a reasonable way. And we've also laid out a way to pay for it. We've, we've uh, included in the agreement, uh, forcing the liberal government to do what they promised to do, which is a surtax on the excess profits of big banks and insurance companies who've made record profits in this pandemic and with the cost of living going up. 
So we've got a way to pay for it that doesn't put the burden on everyday families. It's going to help out people who need help the most. I think it will be pretty tough to make the argument that you can't support something like this. Back to specifically the deal between your party and the Liberal Party. Now, this is not, and I, I think people should know this, it's not sort of an ironclad deal. I mean, if, if things don't go a certain way, the NDP will vote its own way or possibly pull out of it, right? Like, what would it take for the NDP to say, no, we're not going along with this anymore? Well, we, we can vote on things that we disagree on, on, on bills that are brought forward, and the deal continues. So there's no, no concern that we remain independent. Where, where we could pull our support is also worked into the agreement. There's checkpoints, there's, there's different stages that need to be met. So one of the earliest checkpoints will be in this upcoming budget, if there's not money there for the dental care program that we've, we've fought to make happen. If, if that's not there, then that would be an early sign that we can consider withdrawing. We enter into the, this agreement, though, with good faith. We enter into it with optimism and hope that we can make it happen. We're not going to let the liberals off the hook. We know that they need to be pushed to make things happen. But we're entering into this with the belief that this can be done. And, and so we're not looking for ways to tear down the agreement before it even gets off the ground. But at the same time, we are going to look to make sure things are being met. We've got checkpoints in place, things that need to happen in the first year of the agreement this year, things that need to happen next year. And we'll be playing, paying close attention. On top of that, the public has access to this document. It's a publicly available document. Media journalists have access to it. So we'll all be able to watch very closely to see if all the agreements are being met or not. Will NATO spending be one of those checkpoints? I know that uh, NATO is calling on member nations to increase their contribution to 2% of the GDP. The conservatives are calling on the liberal government to do so. You've um, said publicly that you're, you're a little hesitant to do that. Yeah, we, we, we do not support the 2% figure. We think it's an arbitrary number and that Canada doesn't have to reach that, nor would it make any sense to go immediately from our current levels to 2%. It would be just logistically impossible uh, or, or, or very, very difficult. And so what we've said is there are a couple of things that I've, I've long believed. I think that if we ask our Canadian Armed Forces to do something, they should have the resources, equipment, and training to do that. And one concrete example, I can give you, there's many, but we've got uh, in one of our ridings uh, on the island, Vancouver Island, one of my MPs has a, a military base where the Armed Forces use helicopters to do search and rescue missions. These helicopters are so old that they no longer produce replacement pieces and parts to keep the helicopters flying. So what the armed forces have to do is they have to fabricate their own replacement pieces. And on a worker safety level, that's just completely wrong. That should not be what they have to do. A worker shouldn't have to build the parts to keep uh, a helicopter in the air. Like that's just clearly screams out to be a major problem. So I think that there needs to be uh, obviously increases to make sure our forces have the equipment that they need to do the work with that we ask of them. So that's, that's going to be an increase. And I think that makes sense. Uh, we also know that the world is a less, less safe place. It feels scarier and understandably so. And so we've got to do our part to contribute. And, and that I think we should be focused on where we have been the most effective. So peacekeeping and diplomacy, international development, supporting countries that need investments to become more secure and safer. I think that's where we've been most effective and that's where we should put our efforts. But I understand that that some increase will make sense, but we certainly are not supportive of the 2%. So we've laid that out, and that's going to be another checkpoint for us to see uh, where the government lands. So those discussions are happening now, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we're in conversation about that. And uh, we're going to be pushing for something that supports our armed forces to do the work that we ask of them, 
something to contribute to dealing with the, the real worries and fears in the world, but something that does not uh, in any way cut into investments in people, doesn't cut into our healthcare spending or the initiatives that we've, we've fought for. And one last question for you, Jagmeet. I know uh, you've got to get going. Um, I wanted to ask you about the legacy uh, from this deal uh, for the next few years in Ottawa. Again, we talked about how it's not your common occurrence in Ottawa, and there are some big things that could potentially come out of it. Do you worry, though, that when history looks back on this, anything positive that comes out of this deal might be reflected upon as a liberal achievement, not a liberal achievement pushed by the NDP, supported by the NDP, or just an NDP achievement itself? Do you, do you worry that the liberals are going to get credit for anything positive that comes out of this? Well, I mean, I'm not worried about that. I, first and foremost, I want the help to get to people. That's that's my number one priority. And we've got really clear evidence that these two initiatives, the two kind of signature initiatives, the pharmacare moving forward on that and the dental care program, both of those were voted against by liberals and conservatives not a year ago. So just under a year ago, both of those initiatives, were we brought them forward in parliament and both times the liberals and conservatives voted against it. So uh, less than a year later, now we have them in an agreement. So it's clear these are things the New Democrats fought for. And we're going to say to Canadians, imagine what we could do if we had more New Democrats. With tw- just 25 and as a fourth party, we got you dental care, moving forward on pharmacare, real investments in housing and making sure people can can be confident that we're fighting the climate crisis. We did that as 25. Imagine if you sent 100 of us. Imagine you sent enough to form government what we could do. This is still just what we were able to achieve with a liberal government and the NDP fighting to use our power to achieve something. Imagine what would happen if it was an NDP government where we were the ones actually uh, laying out the agenda in a more concrete way. Uh, this This is historic and this is something that we're proud of that we fought for. And I think we can show Canadians that we can do a lot more if we were in power. All right. Big things happening in Ottawa. That is federal NDP leader Jugmeet Singh. Jugmeet, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Appreciate it.